Welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. We've got a very special one. It's the night before transfer deadline day. All Everyone's asleep, waiting patiently for the big money signings that, of course, will be total surprises tomorrow, making this entire episode immediately obsolete. But we've got a great group. Turner, from the Arsenal perspective, Ollie, representing Wolves. And for the first time, a newcomer into the mix, from the mean streets of Sao Paulo, Daniel. Welcome, Daniel. How's it feel to make a first appearance? Dude, I'm just, I'm happy to make my debut today. You know, um, hopefully I will get off the mark quickly. Um, don't want to have to wait too long to break my duck. Uh, and yeah, like hoping to just start quickly right out of the gates. Boom. There, all the cliches as possible. We should uh, only like, use Fabrizio Romano like language, like talented youth. <laughs> Signed, uh, to, born 2001. Uh, I Bro, have you seen that this guy started plugging like crypto gambling in the <laughs> tweets? He was like, look, here we go. You can bet on it. I was like, what is this guy? Marco. But, you know, speaking of the man, Fabrizio Romano, cashing the Saudi checks. There's been a lot of Saudi checks cashed this year on the Saudi Pro League coming in, causing a real ripple effect in the transfer market. Biggest ever summer spending eclipsing the 2017 mad rush of Neymar, Mbappe, Griezmann, Dembele, and more. To break it all down, I'm just going to start with thinking about some of the big teams. You know, it's been a fun few weeks, but who cares about real games? We can talk about, you know, money values and amortization. So Turner, I want to start with you. You know, obviously it's been a few weird few weeks for the Arsenal supporters, some murmur in it, but a, what are your thoughts on the season? And also, what are your thoughts on the people that you've brought in? Uh, in terms of the season so far, it's been pretty, I don't know, pretty bad. Like, I, I feel like we've just played three games where we've played pretty poorly uh, and scraped two wins and then kind of, I don't know if deservedly, I, I think we probably should have got, should have beat Fulham, but uh, deservedly in that it kind of woke us up with a result to how poorly we've been playing. So, uh, I don't know. It's, I wouldn't say it's been the most ideal uh, start of the season, but again, like having like a Wolves fan in this chat, I don't want to be like a fucking asshole. Excuse me. I don't even know if we use the F word on this. Well, I'll beat that out, Chaz. That's no, we did. We did. We Last time I flagged it as explicit on the podcast. Yeah, okay, okay, so. <laughs> good. I don't know where that came from. Apologies uh, to our, you know, three or four loyal listeners. But Yeah, um, that's what Kai Havertz does to a man. <laughs> makes him forget his behavior. <laughs> Of course, of course. Yeah, it has me acting up. So uh anyway, uh yeah, we have seven points. So I, I I think that's pretty hard to complain about that, but uh I think we probably should have nine. And then in terms of our transfer business, it's been pretty a lot of outgoings mostly. The Ballingen thing was pretty upsetting considering what Palmer now goes for like ten to fifteen. What is the full fee forty five million pounds mm. for Palmer? And I think Balligan was is gonna with tons of add-ons maybe reach like 42 million euros so that, that's like it's palmer's 10 million pounds more than Bally. i don't know that's just like us can't, we can't that's some quick exchange rate math in yeah, right there i'm giving I'm, I'm giving my best shot you know in canada i had to do a lot of fahrenheit to, to celsius <laughs> so i'm 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 used to some crazy conversions but uh Point being, yeah, the Balogun sale, I think we kind of wished we were going to get more like 50 million euros, like, you know, 40 million pounds. And the only good thing is, I guess, there's a 17.5% uh, 
future sell-on clause. So if Balogun scores another 20, 30 goals in Liga and someone buys him for 60, 70 million euros, and I guess we get another like 10, 15. So I don't know. That was just kind of a bummer. And but uh I think he officially goes down as our I think between him and Awobi, if you're going someone was doing the math because Awobi for 35 million pounds as our most expensive sale ever. And it's like if the add-ons are achieved because of the conversions, he's still will be still our most expensive player uh, ever sold. I think it's that's pretty, how that works. It's pretty wild though that a club with you know the history and profile of Arsenal, the two record signings are Alex yeah. Awobi and you know a relatively unproven American. We're, yeah. we're claiming him fully now. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with like Lewis Hall being like what thirty-five million pound buyout clause for Chelsea, and yeah, he's had- next Messi. <laughs> All right, see, this is where Daniel will have to like we gotta control Chaz sometimes because you know the host gets the <laughs> rigid stuff. But uh anyway, uh yeah, so it's been a lot more outgoings. The David Raya thing, I don't know if we touched on that last podcast. That's exciting. I don't know when he'll drop that bomb of starting over of Ramsdale. And in the past, once Raya's the starter, it probably will be pretty hard for Ramsdale to get back in the team. But I'm sure that'll be like a Champions League duo thing, but we'll see. I don't know. It's gonna be I mean, the United game is the first real test, so I'm excited for that. I kind of wish it was away because I kind of feel like we have to beat United at home, especially with how they've been playing. But away, if we beat them, then I feel like it would be – or if we tied them, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I just feel like if, if we don't beat United at home on Sunday, it's going to be a long season. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's my take. Yeah, well, I guess we sort of, you know, spent all this time thinking of an order, and then we already started talking about – Arsenal United. I'm inviting other people to jump in. Oh, we can, we can, we can, we can. Yeah, we can we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. But, you know, big incomings for Arsenal this summer Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Jurin Timber, as mentioned, David Raya. Face value, quick reaction, Turner. I want to grade. I mean, it has to be like, I'll say A minus. I feel like the Timber mm-hmm. thing has made me, like, because he's out now for eight months, uh, makes our defense with you know, uh, tyranny leaving and a couple other people leaving a little bit, um, what's the word? Just like thin, but, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good window. And if we can sell a couple more players and just get like Pepe off our books, I think it'll be great. Well, okay. On, on the subject of Arsenal's defense. Yeah, here we go. Why, why is Arteta being the tinker man all of a sudden, like you put in two of your best players from last season and like, haven't seen the field. Yeah, I mean, I had Gabriel on fantasy. It's just been painful. Uh, I had to drop him. Uh, I don't know. He he played the party at right wing back against was it was it Wolves Ollie? I think last game of the season we played Wolves yeah. at home, and he put party at right wing back. And we were all like, whatever. Like it's kind of weird. Why would he change it up for the last game? But it was clear that he was trying to start some messaging. I think it's just a way that he can get four mid proper midfielders because party most spends most of the time in the midfield. So you'll have. Havertz and Odegaard is like two cams with two CDMs behind him. So it was weird, like square, like midfield. And it's the best way to get that involved without playing some weird, like as a starting formation. Then when it goes defensively, party then kind of fills in temporarily at right wing back. It just hasn't been working. Um, but I kind of got the idea of having four midfielders and three defenders, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's troubling, and everyone's at his neck for it. Uh, so we'll see if he changes it. I kind of have a feeling he won't, and he's very stubborn with all of his selections. And yeah, I mean, even just like why why we wouldn't have Flo on the bench 
when Jesus was out? Like, why like why would you make him train separately? And that's why we can't get any money for these guys, because as soon as they're, like, not in his plan, they're, like, excommunicated. And it's so obvious that we want to sell them that teams are like, all right, well, we'll just lowball you because you're just, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like, that's our transfer strategy. Whereas at least with Chelsea, they weren't like, hey, we don't like Havertz and Mount anymore. And that's why you guys were able to get Really yeah, I mean, that's true. Those two guys, I think Chelsea for basically everyone else. Like, like the them? I mean, but who else? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking like, yeah, man, that's it? why Lukaku's going for 85 million right now. <laughs> okay, true, true. Uh, Lukaku, but Lukaku's been, a, yeah, yeah, I mean, I that's long term excommunication. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's all, like, whereas like Balogun, you could actually see playing as a second striker for us. You know, and you yeah. could you could see what well, there's no reason to not have a 22 year old American, uh, in squad so anyway um that's that's our debacle i want to hear uh chaz what you've made of chelsea's most recent business with uh well i'll, I'll let you announce the names especially the, the outgoings and you know you guys have for all the money that's been spent have gotten rid of some pretty crucial playing like well cucarella i want to hear that like just yeah. the whole- well i'll start with the outgoings because i think i saw on twitter yesterday oh, sorry nah fuck it i'm not saying x um as Andrea say, basically, you create an entire squad of just the outgoing. So I'll start from the top. Uh, this is in descending order of value. This summer, Chelsea have gotten rid of Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Kovacic, Koulibaly, Pulisic, Mendy, Loftus-Cheek, Ampadu, Lukaku, Kepa, Conte, Azpilicueta, Aubameyang, Hakim Ziyech. They've loaned out Andre Santos. Lewis Hall, which has a buy option. So that's a transfer out. They've sent back Jao Felix on loan. They've sent back Dennis Zakaria on loan. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like 15 people. What is the total? Is it like 15, 20? I mean, it's more than a squad. Yeah. And you're, you're, you didn't even, you didn't even hit all of them, dude. Who'd I miss? Fafana's out on loan. Slamina's oh. out on loan. Oh, dude, I, I think I scored like, the bottom of the page. The the all like the other three 18 year old Brazilians that you guys signed. Oh yeah. What Strasbourg starting like front three? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well then let's get into the acquisitions. Because with that money, Chelsea have acquired Moises Caicedo, Romeo Lavia, Christopher Nkunku, Axel Desasi, Nicholas Jackson, Oguchkoku. I don't that's my best shot. Killed that dude. I was waiting for it. And you <laughs> dude, I was practicing for probably 10 <laughs> minutes before this. I literally sat in front of my computer and just read the name. And I was like, heck, I got one shot. Uh, can we get it one more time? I didn't hear what you said. Oh uh, no, no chance. Uh Robert Sanchez. Uh, and then David Washington, Jordi Petrovic, Angelo, Andre Santos has joined and then left on loan. Uh, Levy Colwell has returned from Brighton. Ian Matson has returned from Burnley. Malo Gusto has joined from Lyon. Frankly, I like in preparing for this season, it was pretty weird to have any expectations because genuinely, like, no one knew what this team would be because every single person would be in it. And as Turner reminded me, now Chelsea are also in the running for Cole Palmer for Manchester City. I think it's confirmed, isn't it? Here we hey, go. I- According to Fab. Oh, jeez. Is it really? Yeah, it's here, yeah. We go. here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Instant, reaction. <laughs> Instant reaction to that is like, I have no idea what we're cooking anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> But, but like, back on the Balogun train, I don't understand how a guy who scored over 20 goals in France last season 
goes for less than a guy who has literally played like fewer than six whole games in his career. Yeah. Like what is going on? It's the English tax, man. It's, I mean, I think it's pretty, yeah. It's also pretty weird though. It's like the Cole Palmer thing, I think is this broader, very strange. And I think failing of like European football's financial regulation because Chelsea have basically, you know, in order to get around FFP regulations, Chelsea are just now jettisoning every single young player that is not arguably like the best player in the world, like one of the best players in the world at the position. Like Reese James, when healthy, huge asterisks, is a like top tier right back, in my opinion. Like I think that there are very few players that Chelsea could get that would be better and deliver more than Reese James. And Chelsea's academy has produced a lot of other starting quality Premier League players, like, you know, across all positions. But it now makes more sense to sell those players and buy a replacement player for that position than it does just to hold on to them because Chelsea have spent so much money in the transfer window, which I think is sort of everything wrong with it. But also I'm sort of morbidly curious as to the way the Chelsea experiment turns out. I know last year, everyone can testify. I was never a, oh, bullies buying the league. We're going to win everything. That was never me. I was always skeptical, at least a little bit. Kudos to Chaz. Kudos to Chaz. You know, we just we just got to, you know, pray. <laughs> yeah. pray. It's a yeah, one sensible Chelsea fan, yeah. Well, that's why we have a podcast, right? Just so I can, like, you know, stroke the ego a little bit. Can you to validate yourself? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but I think this summer, <laughs> there's clearly, like, an actual vision for what the team should look like. I've been impressed with what I've seen so far. I really love the return of Raheem Sterling as, like, a great player. Jackson looks really fun. But again, too soon to tell. I think on face value, you have to give the window an A because of how many players they got rid of, how much dead weight, and how much players they brought in. Oh, I'm getting skeptical. Yeah, please. (laughs) An A. Wow. Continue, Ollie. Let's see it. I just feel like, how, I don't know. I just feel like, how can you give it an A? You guys have won what? You guys won one game? Well, on top of that, like pretty shambolic, the West Ham game was like insane. And then Chelsea fans going crazy for a three nil beating of their easiest game of the season on paper, <laughs> um, <laughs> playing Luton at home, where Luton had like a couple nice chances. <laughs> guys, guys, Mudrick, Mudrick costs by himself over three times the value of Luton's entire squad. Not even their eleven, their squad. <laughs> I, I think Mudrick might be. I, I think Mudrick might be Luton spending since like 1905. <laughs> he might be Mudrick might be worth more than Luton Stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, that these are good. These are good points. Thank you for the for the check on the delusion. Like, but like B, I don't know. Oh, yeah, B plus, B plus. Yeah, I was going to get a B. The outgoings. Look, it's the outgoings. The outgoings. Yeah, like, this yeah, that's the outgoings. Like they cleared an entire club's worth of deadwood. Hey, yeah. got rid of an entirely dysfunctional squad. Like, I look, I'm extraordinarily excited to see Nkunku. I think we paid, like, paying the amount of money that Chelsea paid for Enzo Fernandez at the time appeared absolutely ridiculous. But Enzo Fernandez had just won the World Cup. Best young player. You know, had impressed in his half season at Benfica. Can't believe that is <laughs> we spent that much money after half a season. But then to spend a hundred and 
16 million euros. Like the amount of money that they spent on Moises Caicedo is a bit concerning to me, to be honest. I think he's a really interesting player, a really, you know, 21 years old, future is ahead of him. But like, oh my God. Like, it's like, what blackmail does the Brighton ownership have on Todd Bowley that they just decide to just give not only, like, what are these negotiations like? Yeah. Honest to God. But I, I mean, mean, I think the weird one for me is not the 116 on Caicedo. It's the like, what, like the 60 on Lavia right after. I'm like, yeah, where, are gonna, uh, where are you going to, like, why do you need both of them? Yeah. Just to, just live, you know, just to shit on Liverpool fans, right? That, that, that's where, that's, yeah. I mean, this is the unifying ideal of the podcast. Like, I think this is, you know, one clarifies it's not a safe space for Liverpool fans, is the sort of, so you know, I think everyone can buy into that, right? Sure. I also I, I think it's going to be funny when Chelsea have more uh, Man City Academy products on the field than Man City does when they play each other, because you know it's going to happen. Yeah, they're yeah. opening. I was looking at the transfer market website and I thought it was cool. Well, one, I was impressed by Chelsea's squad number, which was made clear. I, I mean, they had what was a normal, like seemed like an. I think they have what you guys have like thirty two players or something. I was like. Oh, I thought that you guys had way more, but I guess the outgoings make sense of that. But I also thought it was cool. You guys' average age is like way lower. I guess you were just speaking to that, but I wasn't like surprised by that. I think it's like 22. Everyone else is like 26 or something. I mean, the oldest player Chelsea signed this summer is 25 years old. Yeah. Um, and that's in Kunku and Dasasi. It's like, and both players who are considered, you know, either up and coming or certainly, you know, and Kunku is you know i in my opinion one of the best talents that you know was certainly one of the best talents in germany incredible for leipzig and i'm really excited to see him take the field if that ever happens um but i think it's you know it's going to be very weird what happens in my opinion next year i mean look all these chelsea fans talk about all the time it's like oh you know no expectations this season as a rebuild it's like an absurd statement to make when you've spent, you know, the GDP of a small country on acquiring talent. And to say you have no expectations for that, it's just like, it's just ridiculous to me. It's, you know, every other club in the league has expectations about where they finish. I don't think there's a single, like, look, we can say like Luton or Sheffield, like they, you know, are ready to go down already, but at least, you know, there's an expectation that they fight for it. And like, they'd hope to like, you know, be out of that. But I think of any club that's actually invested, is there any club in the world that just like spends this amount of money? It's like, ha, huh, it's a rebuild year. I don't think there's any club in the world that spends this amount of money. Yeah, I should have uh, just finished the sentence there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. I want to hear I about mean, it. I guess, do you, don't you think it's like, sorry, Turner, but don't, don't you, I mean, do you think it's kind of like a trust and potch thing? Like, because I, I feel like you're talking about that there's at least some sort of direction now with the club. Do you think that's Pochettino or do you like what's, you know, organizing you guys at this point? It's sort of hard to tell when the approach to buying talent is just buy every single player that like below 23 years old, that is highly rated. I think, you know, it's, it is clear that there is, you know, like a specific, I don't know. Like, I feel like there is a specific system maybe that's being strived for. At least there, you know, there is intention with signings, but then at the same time, then, you know, 
you sign Robert Sanchez, who got benched on Brighton last year, and then immediately loan out Kepa, leaving the only two keeper, like, you know, you've got Sanchez, and then you've got Pekovic, who was playing for the New England Revolution. It's like, there's certain decisions that Chelsea make that baffle me. And I think Todd Bowley will forever baffle me because I think the man is legitimately insane. Go Dodgers. Um, but it's hard for me to like see the way this ends in anything. Even if there's a glory, a moment of glory, like there is no way that this ends in like a positive way. Like if we win a title, like everyone will be happy. We win another champions. League, like everyone will be happy over the next five years. But like, in what world do any of the players that Chelsea have signed over the last two years for these ungodly amounts of money go to another place? Like if you're Caicedo and you're now like locked into like what, like an eight year contract. And like, let's say he turns out to like not be very good. Chelsea will be paying, you know, insane wages to all of these dudes for like 10 years because they're on these insane contracts. And if they're bad, no one will buy them. And no one will be able to afford them anyway because Chelsea have done the whole market. So yeah. I don't know. You see the the there are a couple of Twitter things. There's rumors that Chelsea offered a swap between Smith Rowe and Mudrick. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know where to really start with that. Uh, to be honest, if they offered a swap with like maybe one of our academy players, I would have thought about it. But uh, um, there was that. I thought there was a really funny <laughs> video, Chaz, that you must have seen of like. Some dude in a in a Lavia shirt, a new Chelsea Lavia shirt, saying "bo" like singing the Bully song, and then Lavia walks right by with Bully, you know? dude. It's it's with Bully. The bully but yeah. the dude Lavia shirt had no idea that was Lavia. <laughs> <laughs> what is that was what he's like, dude. You I think back, you couldn't like. I know he's distracted probably by like the man himself, you know, Todd Bully, but like whatever. That like that, that was <laughs> last that thing. Was, last yeah. thing I'll say about Chelsea, like Chelsea have had objectively hilarious moments this transfer window the swap deal is really funny i think the best one is i think it was in negotiations with lisbon where chelsea had their initial bid rejected and todd bowley's counter offer was that he would buy a portion of the club <laughs> which is like classic. classic what are we doing here all right moving on to maybe you know not so green pastures got to touch on wolves um whereas chelsea have bought about a trillion players this summer uh, Wolves have had a slightly different uh, transfer window experience. Um, Ollie, how are we feeling about the season ahead? I mean, look, the big man's back. He scored a goal, big goal on the weekend. That two, was goals, two goals, two goals. Oh, yeah. That's Paramount Cup. Yeah. Saw that. Yeah, I think, well, okay, so I guess I'm feeling honestly pretty good right now. Like, I feel like. Mateus, obviously, that's like shambolic that he's still going on strike and whatever. Like, it's ridiculous. But also, I mean, I guess it's both a reflection on him as a player and his aspirations to where he wants to go. And also on kind of on our club and like where top players feel like they need to be, which is not at our club. And I guess it's different cities, just like, you know, what every they're setting the standard. So it makes sense that he, he would want to be there, especially with KDB out. But, um, you know, regardless, he's gone. We got some money, which is what we needed. It's kind of ridiculous because, I mean, I guess it wouldn't have happened if Kevin hadn't gotten injured. But, like, 
if this had happened at the beginning of the market, we would still have Lapetegui in and we would have the transfers that he want. He wanted, I think, Enzo Gonzalez in the first place from Paraguay. So who it looks like we're now going to get. He wanted some of these people. I think we're getting Tommy Doyle in, which I'm actually pretty stoked about. I think that will be a pretty good signing, especially for like five. We're getting for like five million. I think there's a sell on clause, but um, overall, I'm feeling like if we can actually make some moves to strengthen some areas, like we need some help, you know, uh, center back role is definitely <laughs> Craig Dawson needs some legs. So we need to strengthen that up. And um, yeah, I think if we can bring in some signings on top of Tommy Doyle and I think, yeah, Sasha, Sasha looks like he's at least, can find the back of the net, which is something that we haven't had in <laughs> as, as far as I've been a freaking Wolves fan. So, um, I don't know. And I think Fabio's, I don't want to talk bad about him, you know, because he's threatened, he's threatening to leave at any second now because he's unhappy because everyone's shit talking him, but the boy needs to score and he hasn't been. So <laughs> I don't know. That's where I'm at. I feel how many, like... how many goals? What's your prediction? I want the, for Fabio goal prediction. I think I think he could bag. You know, I think he could he, he's gonna bag like six goals. I, I know that's a that's a big shout, but like <laughs> a good I, over I, under. That's a good could, over under. He could kind of turn up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I just I love that Kalajic goal uh, on the weekend against Everton. I was I was I was watching with Andrew, who was heartbroken, but uh the best part was like Neto just like he comes on the field. He's like six seven. He's like four inches taller than everyone, and <laughs> like Neto just puts a ball and the dude doesn't even jump and it just flicks off his head. And, goes, yeah, <laughs> and she was just like, "What?" Like, how? and I was just like, "Yeah, dude, like he's six seven. Like that's what that's what they signed him for." Yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. And I guess it's funny now because I feel like we also signed him when we had, you know, Adama just sending missiles in from the corner that's all he could do and so it's like i guess that was kind of the thought process with that but... i mean like they were the right height for him right because yeah like, exactly, like, <laughs> <over>. exactly. <laughs> so i i mean i think it's also funny to see fulham just like trying to run back wolves Crazy. 2019 like with adama and Raul both of them are there exactly <laughs> it's like uh, okay but <laughs> I don't know what they th- think it's gonna be any different. So, anyways, yeah, wolves. I would say rating for the for our transfer window. I would give it a C, probably. Hmm. Jeez. All right. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah I think the Mateus thing is crazy because didn't you guys sign him last season for fifty? Wasn't it like fifty million? Euros? Yeah, it was like forty. I think it was like forty-five or fifty. Yeah. Jesus. So you literally didn't like. I'm I know saying, that's what you're sitting. He's on a what a four or five year contract. Be like eighty million pounds minimum. Like like. City have buckets of money. I just thought you guys way undervalued him. And obviously, like especially with the market and who's coming with the money to you guys. I don't know. I just was like, damn, like only making, I mean, it's still 15 million euros profit. But I just thought, I, I really like Mateus Nunez. I know he hasn't like gotten the numbers maybe to back up, but he has these the like very Declan Rice-esque runs, which is always ironic that I'm comparing him to yeah. our star boy. But just more well, that, like, he, he can take the ball from back to front really beautifully. Totally. And I think, well, and the thing that was also frustrating about that is I feel like, you know, he was suspended versus Everton, and I feel like we looked so poor in the midfield. Like, we could not control the ball. And I feel like that was because he was not there, and he didn't mm-hmm. have, like, we didn't have any presence because of that. 
yeah i get yeah so it's i don't think it's really that good a business um i think i said that in the group chat the other day but i, I do think getting tommy Doyle for that for like five mil is like was part of the deal so i think that i guess has to be factored in a little bit but i know it's it's not great business i feel like the same thing happened with jota too it's like we undervalued the fuck out of him excuse me uh to liverpool and <laughs> yeah i can't couldn't escape that one you were you were committed you were halfway Dude, but, there. no but ollie here's my question look jota nunez all of these guys what's the common factor linking them all when is wolves gonna try and get mendez out of the club. I know. I like, know. Well, I think that has to come with a change of ownership, which is not going to happen. You know, it's like, it's, it's also tough. It's like a crutch, you know, because the only reason we're up here in the Premier League is because of Mendes. Yeah. But also the only reason why we can't really do anything is because of him, you know, at the same time. So I don't know. Because there's no, I, I feel like there's no way, like, obvious, like, I just Googled it just to make sure, but I knew before who Nunez's agent is. It's like, yeah, there's no way he would do that if his agent wasn't telling him he was able to. Well, when he came up to, like, when we signed him, there was already talks of, like, oh, Liverpool City, all of them are looking at him. It's just, like, a stepping stone move for him. But you would have hoped, yeah, that we would get a little more money off the deal. Well, from one stepping stone club to a stepping stone club that somehow has eclipsed many of the clubs that its people stepped to. I think a lot of people talk about Brighton transfers this summer. You know, obviously a club that really interesting you know deserby had took over from potter and really hit the ground running i will forever remember his first game which is like this crazy game versus liverpool and it really never stopped from there um but right before we recorded this the rumor is that ansu fati is joining brighton on loan which would be pretty ridiculous uh given Dude, that one got here that one got here we go that's too. confirmed Chaz. You're, you're slow on the tweet <laughs> <Dude>, jesus <laughs> <laughs> well I guess, you know, never mind. Screw me then. But Daniel, I know you've been paying a lot of attention to Brighton. I was curious about, you know, you obviously lose Caicedo. You lose Alexi McAllister. You lose Sanchez. But you bring in João Pedro. You bring in, um, you know, uh, well, James Milner. That's, that's the big signing. And then, of course, the youngster that we just mentioned. So I was curious. I think Brighton can hang on. It's been a rough start to the year. I mean, happy to be the Brighton correspondent here. Um, half of my fantasy team is Brighton players, and I will be signing on Sufati as soon as possible. Um, but, I mean, I think Brighton's <laughs> signings this season have been really interesting. Um, I think João Pedro is going to be really good. Um, I think he's he can make the step up from, from Watford. Uh, I think – and, like – I think Brighton are, are kind of interesting because they're kind of in the same boat as Chelsea, honestly, in that when you bet so much on young players, like you've got so much variance baked in there. Like with, if they go good and they can go really good, like sky's the limit. But if they don't like, if, if that experience is lacking, like what do you lean on? And I was actually looking at Brighton's average age. Cause I was thought it was going to be really low, like Chelsea's and it's not, it's like 20, six almost it's like 25 and a half 26 and i think it's because they've got this interesting blend of super young guys and then super old guys like you mentioned james milner pascal gross um the 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 youngster you mentioned earlier in the podcast uh 32 year old jason Steele, 
who uh, put uh, Robert Sanchez on the bench. Um, and I think that can counterbalance a little bit of the, the, the raw talent that Brighton has on the, on the young side. Um, but I mean, we've, we've seen this before with Southampton and then Leicester, like these upward teams that seem to pull off one Houdini trick after another of selling their best player and somehow they get better and then they sell their best player and somehow they get better again. Um, and it always kind of like ends up catching up to them. If you're not one of the big six clubs, there's only so many times that it can go wrong. Um, and it hasn't gone wrong for Brighton yet, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen this season. Uh, that, I mean, like that being said, I think they do have some, they still got so many exciting pieces with Matoma on the wing with the previously mentioned Juan Pedro, Evan Ferguson, I think will go to Chelsea for at least 150 million within the next two years. Guaranteed. Um, Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Um, I mean, and then you've got, I think Billy Gilmore is going to be good this season. They just signed. I've heard that one before. (laughs) They just signed Caicedo's replacement, Carlos Baleba from France. I mean, like the guy's 18, but if Brighton trusted him, then like I do too. Um, And then like, like you're saying, like Ansu Fati, totally out of the blue, never saw that one coming. Um, And like, kind of weird that Barcelona are so willing to give up on him um, as an Academy product. And like, such a young guy i know he's had some some bad injuries um especially his knee injury but like there's still so much raw potential there um and i really think like being at a club like brighton where the pressure is lower and like the expectation is like you're a a random 20 year old you don't need to be starting every game like we're gonna rotate you we're gonna give you your time in the space i think is exactly what fati needs this season so I could, de- I don't think he'll be playing every game, but I could definitely see him having some electric moments. Oh, I think, and see, and Cizo and Baleb, I think, play different positions. Like, and Cizo plays a lot more forward than Baleb. I think Baleb is more of like a, a holding midfielder. But I mean, like, they've got so many young guys that it's like, you've got Enciso, you're going to have Bonanote, you're going to have like Juan Pedro, Evan Ferguson, Danny Welbeck. And I mean, we all know that like there's three or four guys that none of us have heard of right now that six yeah. months from now we'll have scored like 15 goals combined. And we're going to be like, Oh my God, who are these Dude, guys? It pissed me off so much. And CISO when Chelsea played Brighton last year, subbed on and CISO literally the commentators were like, you know, this guy, you know, exciting flashes. Like no, and I was watching. I'm like, I've never heard of this guy in my life. Like they're bringing on immediately scores a banger. And I was like, meanwhile, watching, you know, you know, Sovereign well fund money, just like <laughs> losing. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn. Hey, I sorry. mean, last season, like look, thinking about last season is like puts me in a dark place immediately. I, I will guarantee you, there's some like 17 year old Zambian wonder kid that is gonna light up the league in, in February and we're all gonna be on our knees. Yeah. They already have that dude, uh, a, a, a Dringa, something like that, who, yeah, like, I mean, goals in the like summer series and already I think has a Premier League goal who I'd never heard of. And yeah, and then they had that dude Sarmiento from I think it was another Paraguayan or someone who they sent on loan. Yeah, they're recruiting crazy. And I think the most undergraded recruiting has to be Deserbi, who I, at least maybe, oh, yeah, as well. 
and I knew from like Shakhtar where he was like average, like Dinamo won yeah. the league in his first season at Shakhtar. And he was this like cool Italian manager who decided to go to a war-torn country to like like the fact that they brought Deserbi in is is kind of insane. Not that his pedigree wasn't good. He I think he I, I don't know what his stats were at Shakhtar. I know I know Dinamo won the first season he was there. Uh maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But the point is he wasn't amazing at Shakhtar and Shakhtar was a club in disarray just due to the political turmoil of like, just that that's awesome that like they did the research to bring that guy in and to hit the ground running when Graham Potter was like the reference source of kind of bringing Brighton really into their groove. Um, insane. That was like that appointment still like, cause now when people, I, I listen to soccer podcasts and it's like, Oh, if Klopp goes, we all know who we want. Like everyone just says deserves like the man for any, it's like crazy. It's crazy. They're going to get another, like what they got twenty mil for Potter? Is that what you guys spent? Something like that. Which I didn't. I you don't hear about manager transfer fees. <laughs> Maybe that's just a Chelsea. Don't, don't, don't get me started. Man. I don't know if Arteta just sacrificed his role at City and and bought out his own wages. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, Brighton are just they're fun to yeah. watch. And I thought that West Ham game was. Did anyone watch that West Ham yeah. game? I mean, dude, West Ham. David Moyes respects no. No boundaries. He respects no laws of physics, man. Yeah, I mean those these Antonio. He did it against Chelsea. He did it against like these Antonio turns that are so slow, but they don't <laughs> yeah. up with it. like uh, just, you just can't get, get around the guy. The guy is like he's like I. My one of my favorite things in all football is players that like have like ultra specific skill sets, and Antonio is so damn good at doing that turn. And it, every time you watch it, you are perplexed at how it has ever worked. Because as you said, it's like everyone knows what he's going to do for about 10 seconds, but it's just, he uses his body so effectively. And it's like, and I, his, I don't know the, um, I, I love like random West Ham aside. Like I love watching West Ham. The goal that Bowen scored on the weekend is one of the funniest goals I've ever seen. It's you know, Antonio gets the ball and left back just boots the ball up. Ben Rama gets it, stands still while Bowen just sprints the length of the field. Unbelievable first touch, puts it behind it. And it's like Brighton are just standing there like, what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah. Proper English football, man. Proper yeah. English football. How are oh, Brighton? I for- Go ahead. I was going to say, I forgot to mention uh, when I was talking to the Brighton players, I think Estupinian is going to be a top three left back in the in the league this season. Bro, you just drafted him like second, third round in fantasy. That's the only. He, uh, no, he is that good, man. That's crazy. I I was just curious whether that's the worry for Brighton this season is that like what Webster and Dunk, who mm-hmm. I think Dunk's great, but like you know lo- lo- uh, losing Cole, Cole will, uh, they, I just don't. They haven't. They signed. They signed Igor. I want to say it was like some Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Fiorentina. Yeah. Um. So who knows what that guy will bring and if he'll be quicker. But I that that Webster needed to block that. Like that was way too slow of a of a turn to to you know. I I just feel like defensively maybe they can get caught out like that. Um. So we'll see. I mean, similar to just how I can't believe Dan Burns starts for Newcastle and finally a fast striker. Uh. You know, took on Dan Burns. I guess the Botman was the first Nunez goal, but that's a whole other thing that maybe we'll touch on. But yeah, well, yeah. let's talk Liverpool. I think, you know, press for time, so we'll squeeze a couple in. I want to talk Liverpool, and then let's talk United, Arsenal. Wait, sorry, we have to mention Spurs first because we didn't mention Spurs in the entirety through the last episode. 
quick. Come no, on, keep it going. Keep it going. Who cares? This is just yeah, a blip. They, they just got out of the Carabao Cup. They're no one. They're... Yeah, look, <laughs> if Chris really wanted Spurs in the podcast, he would be here. Um, exactly. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk Liverpool real quick. Liverpool bring in Shoboshlai and McAllister uh, and then Endo. Curious one there. Um, well, very. And then lose, you know, everyone to Saudi Arabia, apparently. But Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Roberto Firmino all head to, you know, sandier deserts. Uh, Nabi hey, Keita. They're almost, they're almost losing Mo Salah, too. I mean, if it had been earlier in the in the window, yeah. he definitely would have gone. Yeah, what was that offer? It was ridiculous. It was like $150 million. If if they had made that offer in June, like Liverpool would have sold him. You guys think that that would have reshaped the balance of power in the Arab world? I mean, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> I mean, wasn't Mbappe's offer like a billion in total? It was like a three hundred million transfer fee, and then seven hundred million. And like, yeah, they could have bought like half a Chelsea player. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. That was great. Uh, uh, good dig, Ollie. Uh, <laughs> How do we think about Liverpool? Anyone want I the game against Newcastle, absolute chaos. Um, you know, I don't know how Newcastle don't win that game. Horrible game management, but you know, Liverpool squeak through. Liverpool have the longest unbeaten run record in the or the longest active unbeaten run in the Premier League, but yet somehow are often talked about as if they're on the precipice of defeat. Yeah. That's Anyone have any hot takes on Liverpool? Well, Turner was the one who was calling Nunez masterclass Liverpool winning the league at the in the first podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I I said Liverpool for context, Daniel, we're going to win the league, which was eh, not my best shot after watching that Chelsea game and having Chelsea <laughs> win them for a full second half. But uh, I did pick Nunez like third round in our FPL and was have been shitting myself uh, after he hasn't played, hasn't started a single game. So that was a little bit nice. I really still think he'll go with Jota and just now be like Nunez has the confidence to be a really good super sub, but uh, I'll definitely take those extra points. Um, I don't know. It was a crazy game, like crazy game to be like, how have Newcastle not put two or three more and how have Liverpool kind of been steady in this game with 10 men for so long. And then Nunez, yeah, just Nunez takes on bottom and gets luck, lucky. No one's talking about how lucky that like it like flicks up off of like three different body parts of Botman. And then he gets the ball. But, I mean, that finish was, like, not – I saw Nunez in that same spot 30 times last season put that out for a throw-in, and he put it right in the bottom corner. And the second goal was, like, again, just taking on Dan Byrne. So I, I was like, that's scary. But, again, I, I thought Chaz and, – and I don't – I hate hyping up Chelsea. You guys played them. It was a really messy game, that Chelsea-Liverpool game. But the second half, I was like, oh, Chelsea are going to be serious. And you guys just didn't get, a you know, that second goal to win the game. But – um. Yeah, I I, don't, I really have no idea what to make of them. I think their midfield's still all over the place. I don't think McAllister can play anything but like a ten role. And I I don't know. I I'd love I'd love to see Endo do well, but I think and and even like Robert like Robertson is irrelevant now. Like like Robertson used well, to be I think Robertson. Sorry, right. yeah. yeah, but I think Robertson is a real has been really damaged by the decision to move Trent higher up. I've been thoroughly unimpressed by the Trent midfield experiment. But what it yeah. also meant is that Robertson effectively has to slot in to like a back three almost. And I think Liverpool's most significant weakness is very clearly everything in between Allison and then their attacking midfielders. Um, you know, Allison is unbelievable, kept them in the game against Newcastle. But 
especially with, in, you know, a suspension to Van Dyke, an injury to Kanate. There's also bids for Kanate, I was reading. But, you know, they're going to have to play this weekend against Aston Villa, you know, a team that presses you and presses you like and plays, you know, a very interesting style, makes it very hard to play against, you know, a back four of a very out of form Trent, a very out of form Robertson. And in the middle, you're having to play Joe Gomez and Matip with a holding midfielder of Endo. That's a, that's a tough ask. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I I don't really know what to think about it. I'm, I don't think they're going to win the league I'll, if I could correct my statement, but I, I know those are, <laughs> I had that locked in. So just got to ride with it. Um, All right. Well, I mean, I, I think Liverpool will score like 75 goals a season and concede 50. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lead special. Well, I guess the lead special is score 75 and concede 130. Uh, <laughs> quickly on to game of the weekend. Are we, Arsenal, Manchester United, you know, the the match of the 2000s um, before, you know, I guess, that's the match of the 2010s. City, Liverpool for the second half, and then City, United for, for I don't know. I guess they're... Maybe yeah. Chelsea, United. Chelsea, United. Really? Like, like, like a right around... Yeah, but like, like United... 2008, 2012. Yeah. Well, moving on that. But United, obviously in pretty strange place i would see like a lot and people came into this season expecting you know the progress from the end of last season to continue you know they make it to the fa cup final they win the league cup progress from especially a disastrous start and then it seems we're back at square one so if anyone has watched a lot of united games um this season i always love watching united be terrible um, anyone have any thoughts about what's gone wrong for Eric Ten Hag? Daniel, I think ever... a, yeah, go. I think I think a, a big issue is because Hoyland is hurt, that means they're having to put and because Martial is kind of like less Terrible. useful than a bag of rocks, um they're having to play Rashford as a nine, right? And that's not where he's most effective. He's most effective coming in off the left with a center forward in front of him. And so like, until they get Hoyland back and they actually can move Rashford to his best position, like they're not going to get the best out of him, And that just dulls their attack so much. Yeah. But like, dude, how good do we think Hoyland's going to be? Like, this is my thing. It's like, I think the United discourse that's like, this isn't disastrous is that Hoyland is going to be a player that he's never been before in his career. Like it's, it seems like the Hoyland deal like makes sense to me. It's like, obviously, you know, very talented player, you know, you're paying a lot for him, but you know, his name. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Where's that? Pronunciation of his name. You know, he sounds like a certain someone, you know, it, it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How much do you think Hoyland goes for if Holland doesn't exist? <laughs> 35 20 package crisps you know uh <laughs> I, I love that I, i've been seeing people do starting like best 11s between arsenal and man united and putting hoyland over <laughs> in Ketia and it is. it's like dude hasn't even touched a ball in the prem but dude have... scored nine goals in syria like I, I look i'm not like i love watching Atalanta games you know i watched a few with hoyland and i was like oh this guy's good but i'm so but you know also the big money spent on mason mount big money spent on Andre Onana. And then at the same time, if you look at Manchester United's defense, 
Luke Shaw gets injured, and who are they in to bid for? Mark Kukurea. It's like their recruitment strategy has baffled me for a very long time, but I just see this team as, you know, once again, like paper tiger, just they, I, there's something missing there. And I don't know if they will fix it tomorrow or, and I just don't see them challenging the top tier of teams this year. It's Paul Pogba. That's what they're missing. True. Good shot. Did he play? Did he play a game last year for Juventus? I don't think so. I don't know. We need to win. That's that's all I have to say. I'll say I'm gonna go three two, another three two, like last season. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. Um, and who's, I, who's scoring for so many red cards? There's so many red cards. I'm gonna go two red cards. Who? I'm gonna go each team get a red card. Who? Who's uh, scoring for Arsenal? Who's scoring for Arsenal? Well, Jesus is back, but he looks stingy. Uh, Fabio, you know what? Let's go with a Fabio Vieira cameo. Another really good Fabio Vieira cameo. Uh, I don't know. I'll go uh, Martinelli and Katia and uh, let's go a Ben White classic. And then for United, yeah. uh, I want, I want, <laughs> who do I want to get on the score sheet? Uh, I mean, I feel like all my favorite United players are now like excommunicated. Like I love like Von de Beek or Van de Beek, whatever to get, get in there. But uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, didn't he I, just move to Lario? I'm, I'm, I'm heated, and no one's texting me during the game. If Anthony scores, I'm losing my mind. Because uh, he did it against us last season, and it was, it was tough. Sorry, what were you saying? up with Garnacho? Is he? I thought he was injured or something. I think he's. I think he started. I know he started against Spurs. Oh, he I'm, is. Oh, okay. Then I'm just. But uh, is it? Oh, go ahead. No, go, go, go. I was gonna say, isn't Van de Beek moving to Lorient? I did see that, uh, which people were then like, damn, we really have ruined his career, which was inevitable. Uh, but they fucked up. Well, Ollie, you got a score prediction? Arsenal United? Yeah, I think uh, I'd say 2 0 Arsenal, probably. I don't think United are going to get on the score sheet unless it's a Bruno Fernandez penalty hmm. or Bruno Fernandez. You know, drawing a penalty. Rashford's taking it for them now, right? Or what? What's it? Well, yeah, Bruno took the ones uh, against Forest, but not Forest. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'd say I'd say two, two nil, maybe three one, but two. I think they win by two. Hmm. Daniel, I'm gonna say a two all draw, especially Mm -hmm. if Arteta keeps playing. Not his best defense. Mm. I'm going to say a double for Rashford to get me max FPL points. And then a Saka and Odegaard for Arsenal. All right. Well, here you have it. To close, though, the most important. This year, like last year and the year before, Heads in the Game is doing an FPL draft league. Uh, We're actually putting our minds and attentions to it this year. So this is the standings update. I'll start from the bottom. Eighth place, Mateo. Seventh place, Wilfred. Sixth place, Ollie. Big win. And also, there are four teams with one win. So this, this is a pretty close board so far. Uh, Ollie. Fifth place, Andrew. Fourth place, myself. Third place, Daniel. Second place, Chris. First place, Turner. But I want to give Turner a shout out here. I don't know if Daniel and Ollie know, but you are also playing regular FPL this year. 
what rank are you in the United States right now, Turner? I'm like number 187 out of a couple, you know, 100,000. So, you know, I'm 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 doing quite well. That Matty Cash captain hadn't had had me going crazy on the weekend. I did, <laughs> I did have Matty Cash for my regular fantasy. Uh I don't know. That, yeah, that's just me. I think the draft has been good this year. I, I feel like we've had the some 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 great shouts. I don't really know how Mateo after doing so well last year. I don't know how they're uh slumping so hard do they have a win they have a win though right no. oh Owen Owen three they do have more points than Wilfred who has a win but only by one <laughs> but classic but I think Mateo also is uh his striking options are Raul Jimenez Matej Cunha <laughs> And Rosmus Hoyland, which might have not been the best draft strategy. The best part, the best part is they went up to me and they were like, I'm so pissed on transfer deadline day. I knew Chelsea were playing Luton. So I started, they started three Chelsea center backs just to get clean sheets. And then they were like, oh, but Chaz had to have Sterling. Like Sterling canceled out all the clean sheets for for your last matchup. So they're trying. They're trying. They're not. They're not. All right. well, shout out Mateo. We know you can do shout it. Shout out Rodri one time. Yeah, um, wow. Everyone was also, trashing on you, OP, for that pick. That is crazy. I think he's leveled for top top points in fantasy so far this season. Hmm. Yeah, he's been doing good. Do good for me, but I don't know if it's really going to hold up. <laughs> I love that he – I love that. <laughs> but Rodri, though, is, like, outscoring Holland for you. Like, he's the, <laughs> he's the real city player. Well, that those are the expert insights you get. Look, we've got crack analysis here. Um, we're going to need Turner to continue winning – uh, like getting max FPL points. So group effort to boost the profile of the podcast, but Daniel Turner, Ollie. Oh, I didn't get my score prediction. Sorry. I had to interrupt it. You were like, Oh, last but not least, I was like, what is Chaz going to throw at me real quick? But, but just give it, give us a quick score before you. Two zero Arsenal. Okay. Havertz on the score sheet. I need, oh. score, man. I need, I dude, I need this man. He's on my <laughs> fantasy team. I, look, like, Chelsea fans are making fun of Arsenal fans for like the stages of grief with Havertz. I'm still in denial. Like this man is still going to be the next great German star. So I, I'm still rocking with it. You gotta uh, grab kudos. You gotta grab kudos. You gotta solve them out for kudos, right? Oh, don't worry. I got plans. I got plans. <laughs> Already on your transfer waiver. <laughs> yeah, Mudrik did get the boot this week, though. Finally, <laughs> the Sterling picked her not well, but and I think Saka grabs the second. Um. Turner, Ollie, Daniel, as always, thank you again to our listeners. Uh, 11 last week, including Daniel. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, please tune in when we join you next. Enjoy the weekend to come. And as always, we'll see you next time.